This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this fabulous Sunday morning. Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? Good, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Uh, It was a huge day in sports, uh, an incredible weekend on the sporting scene. Of course, uh, people are still talking or not talking about last night's Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, and we're certainly going to talk about that uh, a little bit. of course, it was the run for the Roses yesterday as well, the Kentucky Derby. The Leafs are still looking for a GM and coach. The NHL playoffs are in the thick of it. TFC won another game. Uh, Canada's over at the World Championships. And uh, so there's certainly a lot to talk about. We do want to announce it in the mid of the hour, about 9.25. Joining us once again uh, on the Nazimali Sports Hour will be legendary Hall of Fame coach uh, Scotty Bowman, Senior Advisor of Hockey Operations of the Chicago Blackhawks. Certainly uh, one of the most respected, if not the most respected coach of all time in the NHL. We're certainly looking forward to talking to Scotty about what's going on in the playoffs. But uh, Naz, uh, uh, you came today to bury the Toronto Raptors. we got to get them out of our system for the year 2014-2015. So... Uh, we're going to play taps. Uh, what, what are we going to do here to bury the Raptors? Well, let's put it this way. They came out not fighting last Sunday at all. They were disastrous. I want to play a clip of last week's show with Butch Carter and yourself where uh, questioning on Kyle Lowry's conditioning. If our producer can play this now. Lowry's conditioning looks off to me. Is it just me? I'm just looking. He looks a little overweight. Well, he's always looked overweight. <laughs> he you know? looks. He, he's... And I, I think that once he gets back this summer, uh, drops some weight, gets his, get his weight down, uh, get his body in, in the high level that he came into the training camp with last year, uh, he can play through an 82-game schedule. Now, that was Coach Dwayne Casey mentioning about Kyle Lowry's weight, and he confirmed what I thought in the first place. He looked overweight. And, that, and your point, Ness? The point is, you have to have a player, a key player like that, playing at, at all full cylinders, because if you don't, you're going to get smoked, and that's what happened. Kyle Lowry was not in shape to play that series. Is that uh, it? May may not have been in shape to play that series, but to be fair to Kyle Lowry, I mean, he battled some injury troubles. Yes, this yes. Year. I'm not putting it all on the player. I'm just so he, you know, he he battled uh, um, he battled through some injury troubles, which you know we we're not privy to um he just didn't his look right exact well. he didn't look right and yeah. uh, that may have been uh, you know a function of his of his injury problems whatever injuries he had and that may have obviously affected his conditioning and uh Masai Ujiri or sorry uh, uh, was it Dwayne Casey Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Dwayne was, Casey yeah. uh seems to have confirmed what uh, what you asked uh, last week and uh 
But let's let's not forget, uh, Kyle Lowry had this team on his back. He sure did. In last year's playoffs. And Kyle Lowry is the ultimate competitor. And, uh, you know, we've spoken glowingly of him in the past on this show, and we certainly don't want to be overly critical because he's, he's, he's a heart and soul. I mean, just he struggled. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, he, he did not have a good playoff, and he, did not ha- he didn't finish the season very well and um, could have been for various reasons. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Kyle Lowry and, uh, and the Raptors can turn it around next year. Uh, although there were some interesting comments I read in some of the uh, some of the some of the reports this week uh, that uh, you know the team team overachieved and they weren't as good as we thought they were and they've uh, they've got to come up with a plan uh, they they need to fill some gaps on this team and I think that became pretty obvious in the last couple of months of the season. Yeah, we were talking to Butch off air and. Uh he was saying there could be as many as six, seven changes next year. So that's a lot of. That's a lot of changes on a, a basketball lot. team. That is a lot. I mean, yeah. they got they they were and we, we don't want to belabor the Raptors because uh, you know that happened a week and there's so many so many other things to, to talk about. But they've they've got a lot. They've got more holes to fill than we thought they did uh, a yeah, few they months do. back. Certainly so uh, we wish you jury all the best over over the summertime and hopefully he can he can fill a couple of those holes. Anyways, Naz. The big fight last night, Mayweather and Pacquiao. Uh, the I didn't I didn't personally watch the fight. Uh, I've read the reports about it. It seems to have. Have you, did you watched the fight, Ness? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, no, I heard the fight was not as good as uh, they made it out. Yeah, that I, it was going to be right. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Um, you know, all the, the preliminary reports on the fight, and uh, and, it, and it's interesting. Uh, this was called the fight of the century. Of course, we're, what are we, 15 years into this century, and uh, there were a lot of fights in, of the century in the last century. A lot Not of in which, this one. That's lot, right. Lot, lot of, a, lot of one, a lot of the ones we saw in, in, in boxings, uh, as our producer calls it, in boxing halcyon days of the, of the 60s and 70s. Uh, certainly, boxing has fallen on hard times. And, it sure and, has. And, uh, and Mayweather Pacquiao generated a lot of buzz. It generated a lot of money. Uh, I mean, throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars, and what it did for the uh, for the L.A. Uh, L.A. Las Vegas economy, uh, probably in the billions. But it it, it once again exposed uh, to a certain extent that boxing has fallen on hard times in the last twenty years. I, I'll be quite frank; I was a huge boxing fan yeah, in, so in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Ali, Fraser, Chavalo, Foreman. Uh, you name them. Jerry Quarry. Remember Jerry, those Jerry, names? Jerry uh, Quarry. Sonny uh, Liston. We can go back. Sonny Liston. We, uh, Rocky Marciano. I mean, I didn't see Rocky Marciano fight live. I'm not that old. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I read the legend of, of, of Rocky Marciano. And uh, we got into the 70s with Ken Norton and, and some of those guys. And, of course, that was the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Of course, the 80s, we had, we had some fantastic boxing um, in in some of the middleweight divisions and welterweights with with Sugar Ray uh, Sugar Ray Leonard Hagler uh, Duran and uh, Hearn. uh, Her, Thomas Hearns and yeah. Wilfred Benitez and that generation of boxing and boxing seems to have disappeared in the last twenty years. Uh, it just uh, well I, I mixed don't know martial what arts comes in and then they're suffering now and and uh, I don't want to put professional wrestling into this but you know they take a certain amount of the the population watching that sport too. Right, I, I, and it's 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 entertainment wrestling, but boxing has really struggled, and I don't think it's coming back because I to make these people aware of who the boxers are. I don't even know who these guys are, well, other than the well, two that fought last night. I don't know anybody else. I don't. I don't know. I mean, 
the, when we heard of this guy Klitschko, is he the, is he the heavyweight champion? Anyways, you know, we we talk about boxing and Don King and Bob Arum and all the promoters and whatever. And for me, what for me what killed boxing is you couldn't figure out who was the champion of any particular division. I mean, you had I mean you had all these acronyms uh, WBA, WBO, WBC. You know, you had one guy who's a champion of one division, another guy who's a champion what, of another division. What does that division. sound like, Wally? You tell me, I'm missing. It something. sounds like wrestling. It sounds like wrestling. No, but uh, <laughs> the, the, I think what I think what uh, boxing is missing is Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, you that know, may, you, be, you know, that may I, be the only thing that could save. You him. know, I've, I've been on record as saying I've always thought Vince McMahon was an absolute sports marketing genius, and uh, somewhere boxing lost its way. I mean, w, too many, too many divisions, too many champions, too many belts, and and I think the other part of it is we haven't had an American. Heavyweight champion uh, with any um, presence. Uh, well, the know, last guy is really Tyson, right? Tyson, and that's yeah, that's, that's we're going talking, back many years. That, we're, well, a bust, I mean, Buster Douglas, but he did, he didn't have. Yeah, he didn't uh, last long. He didn't last. But Tyson was the last great heavyweight champion, yep. was he not? Yep, he and definitely it, was. And he was he wasn't Muhammad Ali, but in his heyday, he was pretty close to being as dominant as Ali was in his uh, era. Ali Ali was the top boxer ever, as oh, far as I'm no, concerned. There's no question. But he, he revolutionized. Uh, like him or hate him, Tyson was a great fighter. Well, he he certainly brought the crowds in. Yeah, and he was you know people, and that's I think this was the you know and uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight where it fell down. I mean, it fell down. I mean, I mean if, for a boxing purist, if you're a referee, you probably would say Mayweather probably fought because he's a boxer, mm-hmm. and he played out the fight on his terms. And, uh, you know, that wasn't very crowd-pleasing because people, when they go to see boxing, let's be honest, they want to see a knockout. That's what, that's what you know, you pay all this money, people want to see a knockout. That's, that's the exciting part about boxing, to see somebody, uh, you know, jab and back off and circle around the ring and do all that stuff for, uh, for 12, 15 rounds or however many rounds it was last night. Uh, it, for, for the non-purist, it's not the most exciting action, but... You know, I'm sure, you know, Mayweather played out his fight last night. He's a boxer and, uh, you know, the best of his generation. Hey, he's he's 48 and oh, He hasn't been beat. So how can you... Hasn't been beat. He's barely been hit. You can't, you know, right. they, so they how can't can get you go against him? him? He's the best fighter uh, of his generation. Of his generation, yeah. for sure. There's no question about that. And uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think boxing's going anywhere until they get... Until they get uh, uh, the heavyweight division has always been the division that draw, except for last night's fight. But for boxing to be successful, you have to have a, um, a magnetic personality as your heavyweight champion. And here, here's another thing. How affected is the fact of concussions in boxing? We bring up concussions quite a bit on our show. Are we, as, we, the, as I call them, brain injuries? Brain injuries, okay. right. How are they? Would you put your kid in boxing? Oh, absolutely I, not. You I wouldn't mind? put my kid in boxing <laughs> not, either. So not, how many people think the way I wouldn't even put we, my kid in high school football, <laughs> never mind about boxing. How many how many people out there would would not let their kids even try boxing? But that's and, uh, I mean we we get into a whole different argument and uh, I mean, we don't want to belabor the point we've got to go go to go to break, but in in the, in in the states, I mean boxers came out of and please forgive me for using this term uh, I hope people don't take it the wrong way, but people generally boxers came from lower income neighborhoods, uh, slums as they used to call them in the old days. That's where boxers came out of generally, and they fought their way out because you know they were street street kids. 
trying to get out of poverty. And that's, you know, they got, they, they were local gyms in those days and uh, in, in some of these, in some of these poorer neighborhoods. And uh, that's where, you know, that's where a lot of the boxers came from in the States. And that's why I guess you still get them from certain areas in the world. Like from, I guess, you know, Mexico tends to produce a lot of boxers, mm-hmm. the Philippines or wherever. Now we're getting them from Eastern Europe. And, um, you know, we can, we can talk about this probably for the rest of the show and you know we talk about boxing in the olympics and it's still a pretty popular sport in the olympics but it's a totally different sport anyways we've got to go to break and uh we'll be back right after the break we'll have scotty bowman on at approximately 9 25 it was a rainy day when pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number just for cell phones pound 3636 However, some listeners thought I was saying pound free sex, free sex. To be clear, our new number for cell phones is pound 3636, not pound free sex, free sex. However you like it, call Pizzaville at pound free sex, free sex. Wait. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. 
The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this Sunday morning. We were uh, hoping to have Scotty Bowman on the show at about 925. We've just spoken with him. He'll be with us a little bit later in the show probably uh, in the last last uh, quarter hour of the show. So we're certainly looking forward to talking to Scotty. So uh, we, uh, of course, uh, this is a call-in show, so we'd love to open up the lines. If you want to give us a call, we'd be happy to talk about uh, any sports topic that's on your mind. Our number, once, our number is, once again, 416, area code 416-360-0740. Toll-free, one 866 740-4740. Please give us a call. We'd love to talk sports. And it's also that time of the hour where we're going to announce a contest. We've had this contest on the show before. Uh, it's for a Scruples Salon and Spa gift coupon, $100 gift coupon. Uh, guys, just a friendly reminder, next Sunday morning, your mother, your wife, it's Mother's Day next Sunday morning. This would be uh, a nice little gift. Uh, so give us a call really quickly for the Scruples Salon and Spa. Score some points with that special someone. They have two locations, one in Woodbridge and one in Pickering. They're open seven days a week. You can find them at www.scruplesalon.com. It's a $100 gift coupon. We've had several listeners win this in the past. And uh, we've received great reports back. They take really good care of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour listeners. Once again, our call-in number for calls and for the contest, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Second caller wins the $100 gift certificate. We have on the line, uh, wants to talk about the fight. D. General from Etobicoke. Mr. General, how are you this morning? Good, good, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing great, thank you. Tell us, uh, did you watch the fight? No, but uh, I kind of followed it as it was uh, being uh, broadcast uh, kind of online and stuff, just to see how it was going and whether it was going to go the distance or not. But what I really wanted to talk about was the amount of money that this fight generated on pay-per-view, the ridiculous amount of dollars that this sport and many others that people will pay for it. I heard it was over a hundred million dollars per, per boxer guaranteed. I mean, that, that says it all. I mean, that's when we're in a world where, you know, there's uh, all kinds of things going on and, and uh, you know, people suffering out there, et cetera. And, and people are willing to pay this kind of money to watch a fight. $200,000 ringside seats for one seat. Yeah, I, I just That's and I just you know I watched, I got looked at paper this morning, uh, Naz, and all the celebrities were there and everything else. I think it's all and it goes to your point that you guys made about the the the, the where it, where the sport is today. It's it's all about that entertainment component, that one shot deal, the the money, the celebrities. It's they really kind of priced themselves out. They're not building the the sport up anymore. It's not what it used to be in terms of the competitiveness. And I just thought I'd uh, you know throw that out there for you guys to talk about. That's th- thanks, uh, D. General, for the call. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, he's right. It, it is the one big event, and it was a lot of money. That's well, for sure. Uh, you know, we get into this argument about oh, an argument. It's not an argument. It's a discussion about um, whether people are overpaid in sports. Um, 
whether you have to pay too much for the tickets um, and and whether these you know uh, Mayweather I think got more than Pacquiao last night if I'm not mistaken he got yeah he got sixty percent but he had he the concession more, but, rights yeah. too like so Mayweather we're, we're talking in, into the hundreds of millions of dollars yeah okay but they're not the guy signing the checks. Somebody else signed those checks. That's for so sure. Somebody thought it was in his business interest to go out and package a fight and pay hundreds of millions of dollars because somebody thought, I don't know who the promoter of this fight was, but um, the promoter probably made a lot of money on it as well. And people paid a lot of money to watch the fight. And it was priced at a certain, at a certain amount. But nobody forced anybody to go and push those buttons on their remote to order that. It's entertainment. So if people are willing to pay for entertainment, uh, why? I mean, God God bless them. You know, if somebody wants to pay, if somebody wants to pay Floyd Merriweather $120 million, is Merriweather supposed to turn it down? No, no, absolutely not. Is he supposed to turn it down? Well, where does the sport turn though? If somebody wants to complain about how much they charged, to watch it on pay per view last night, I, don't, I can't remember how much it was. Hundred bucks. Was it a hundred bucks? Yeah. I didn't American, pay. It, but it's on American or Canadian? No, it's Canadian. Okay, hundred bucks Canadian. That's okay. three hundred for a lot of people. That's a lot of money. It is, but you have a choice. You have a choice. But here's the, you can watch something else on TV last night. You don't have to watch the fight. Here's the position though. Where does boxing go from there though? It's like the, the old Fonz, the, the old Fonz jumping the shark. Type boxing's thing. going. You know what? The reality is Mayweather and Pacquiao had this fight last night. The fight should have happened five, six years ago when these guys were in their prime. That's when that's when the fight should have happened. But, you know, for for whatever reason it didn't happen five, six years ago. Ha- and we're probably gonna get we're probably gonna get round two on this thing. No, sometime. it's not gonna happen. Is that what they yeah. said last night? He Mayweather's got one more fight in September and then yeah. he's done. And it's not gonna be against uh, Pacquiao. Then he's crazy. Then he's crazy. Yeah, he might as well not. fight. You know, why not stick another hundred twenty million dollars in the bank? He's going to go fight, fight some other stuff. You what? know, ninety percent of the people wanted Pacquiao to win. I know that. And why? They, they don't why? like. They don't like Mayweather. His, okay. his it's personality. Yeah, he's and brash. Pac- he's he's, brand, and, he's, he's all all yeah. those things. But the thing is, Pacquiao should never deserve to fight that uh, Mayweather because he had six losses. He's lost six yes, times. Yes. Whether Pacquiao deserved he, to, it, it's not. He about, wasn't going to win irrelevant. that fight. He wasn't going to win that fight. Uh, There's he, no he, way. He, he could fight him ten he, times. He wouldn't win probably. Once. But he, if he had got lucky, and you know, he almost got lucky in the fourth round, from what I heard. I mean, you know, you never know. It's a classic fight of a fighter against a boxer, right? Yeah. And Pacquiao's the fighter, and every you know, and was it a twelve round or fifteen rounder last night? I don't even. Title I, bouts I, are usually fifteen rounds, but. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe in the in the in the lower divisions, there's twelve. I, 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 to be honest with you, I really don't remember. Um, but go, going back to who deserved to be in the ring, it, that that to me is an irrelevant discussion. Who deserved to be in the ring? Well, the, he had the a great payday, deserved, that's for sure. The, the promoter obviously figured out who deserved to be in the ring. It's yeah. the, it's the one. It's the two guys that they could charge yeah, because that bucks fight should have taken home. place five six years ago, and that yeah. would have been the. They did it. They did, did a very good. You were talking about marketing. They yeah. did a very good marketing job. They did a great job marketing, yeah. but I. You know, I won't guarantee it, but uh, don't be surprised if we say if we see Mayweather pack you again. People will pay a lot of money to watch it again. When you're talking hundreds of millions of will dollars, will they? Will they pay a lot of money? I'm not so sure this time. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe, I'm not maybe so second sure. time around. I mean, the fight last night was a little bit disappointing. But that's uh, why I'm but not there, so there's, sure. There's, there's there, another there, fight. Th- these two guys seem to be the only two guys that generate any buzz in in boxing these days. Because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't name you two other fighters in any other division. And and quite frankly, I used to be a huge boxing fan. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I think. I think it's some guy named Klitschko, or there's there the brothers oh, Klitschko. There? There? I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. And, and, and it's sad to say because we know, used to follow it. Of used quite, to but. follow it. You know, we used to I used to listen. You know, we, in the old days when with Fraser Ali. Remember the original Fraser Ali from Madison Square Garden when 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 Ali came back. It wasn't. It wasn't on. Uh, it wasn't even on radio. It wasn't on TV. It was on closed circuit. Closed circuit. And we, yeah. you know, we were. 14, 15 years old, couldn't, you know, I wasn't going to go down to Maple Leaf Gardens and pay whatever. I couldn't afford it back then. Used to listen by the radio. I remember mm-hmm. listening to that one, listening by the radio for round-by-round reports. That, that's how a huge that's boxing the, fan the I was. the general did with the internet. Yeah. He did it by round-by-round by round reports. He did to, the same uh, thing. It was on CFRB. I still remember CFRB. It was probably around 10, 10.30 at night. I remember like it was yesterday. And they used to the, the announcer would come out after every round and give you a report what happened. That's how that's how huge of a boxing fan I was. And then I remember I remember he came on after the fifty because Ali got knocked out, not knocked out, knocked down in the fifteenth round of, of the first Ali Fraser fight. And then uh, you know Fraser won that uh, won won that battle, won the heavyweight championship. Well, you were in uh, New York for Game One against Washington was. in New York. Uh, what this was, was the, Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, Thursday night. What was the atmosphere like and uh, the play behind the net? Penalty or no penalty? Uh, it was – that's a real tough one. I'll be I'll I, be, think, I'll be I, I don't think it was a penalty. With you. I'll be entirely honest with you. I wasn't even – I thought the game was over. I thought the game was over and I missed that play. Uh, just like everybody else, we were – the whole audience at MSG Thursday night was absolutely stunned. Like there were like people were already headed towards the the concession stands, um, thinking it was going to be overtime. Thinking it was going to be overtime. Not in a million years did anybody think that they were going to score with a second left in the game. I would I would guess that three quarters of the people in MSG didn't even see that goal. I turned around and I said, "What happened?" The crowd was stunned. I, I'll tell you, they were. You know, you get a crowd at MSG. They're they're a little bit more vocal than than the Air Canada Center, and they they you know there were a few. Uh, there are a few swear words flying on the way out of uh, out of out of out of the out of the arena that night. And uh, uh, was it a penalty? Going back to your original question, in the context of the rules, of course it was a penalty. Hit him from behind. Uh, I side. Uh, I have to blame the Rangers for letting up. They yeah. let up. They let up. Five seconds left in their own zone, and they just assumed the game was over. You know, Boyle seemed to fall like a like like a pancake. Uh, there was no real struggle for the puck, and it was a penalty. But it wasn't exactly a heavyweight to knock them off the puck either. It was Backstrom, who's played yeah. really well. He's a very slick player. Anyways, I'm told by uh, by our producer that we have the one and only Scotty Bowman on the line. Uh, Scotty Bowman, of course, the Hall of Fame legendary uh, NHL coach, is currently senior advisor of hockey operations to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Scotty, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We appreciate you taking the time for us on a Sunday morning. And uh, no congratulations to the uh, Blackhawks so far for their for their playoff run. It was a pretty interesting game uh, the other night. Uh, 
the Wild came back and uh, turned uh, turned it into a wild game, and but the Hawks Hawks pulled through and showed uh, showed quite a bit of uh, quite a mental toughness in the third period, if that's what you would call it. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a pretty even series. Uh, both teams met just uh, for the last two years, uh, and of course there were pretty tight games and uh, overtime and everything. And this uh, I don't think is going to be much different, you know. They, they have improved. Uh, they, they've added some good pieces, and the fact is that uh, you know they've been riding a, a very strong goaltender, and they're in uh, Dubnik. So you know you gotta you gotta say that uh, it's anybody's game, really. You know, Scotty, your goaltending for a sec. Uh, you started with Crawford, then uh, you switched, and then back to Darling, then back to Crawford again. Um, wondering what the stab- stability is on the in the net for for Chicago. Well, you know, it's strange, but he did have the first period of the first game against Nashville. It was a three goals scored, but I think maybe two of them were, were, you know, weren't very easy. And uh, the fact is that they, you know, he he, they made a change in goalies, which a lot of teams do because of the fact that uh, you know you're looking at you're looking at the game and you don't want to. But you know, the guys had a tough start. You don't want to. Really, it's only the beginning of the series. I don't think anybody thought at the time that the Blackhawks were going to come back in that game. And, of course, they came back mainly, mainly on the strength of, of Scott Darling. And then when he, when he uh, you know, shut him out for for all of that game and they won it in overtime, you know, it's pretty, pretty difficult not to come back with him. And, and then they put, they put uh, you know, Crawford's the number one, put, put uh, Corey back in, and then he had... He had a tough game. There's no question in the second game it was tough, and then they had to make a change. So, you know, oftentimes, and I think uh, Coach Quinville didn't want to start juggling back and forth. That's always a, a guessing game. So, you know, you you go with the goalie has a hot hand, and, and they went all the way to, to game six. You know, that was a tough call in game six. Uh, you know, you you don't know what to do, and all of a sudden it's uh, it's a home game, and you you want to make sure you you win it. So so it was juggling around. It was tough, and uh, they got by it. Though, and Crawford came in again, and he did come through in that game. You know, so that was a that was a big win in uh, in Game Six, and it was a tie game for a long time. Yeah, they held on to the Chicago held on to the lead. They scored late in the second period, and then they held off uh, Minnesota. Now, getting back to the goalies in your day as a coach, I didn't see you pull the goalie too often. Uh, during yeah, games, and now it's changed. Goal. Yeah, well, I think there, there are more goalies, uh, you know, that are qualified to play. I don't know the reason why, but it, it is a fact. You know, there's there are more goalies that, that you, when you look at the, the fact that uh, teams change goalies, I think they only change because you know they they look at the uh, they look at the games and they say, well, you know. Uh, we we got this other guy and well it's it's happened everywhere like it uh, I mean every every team is is trying different goalies and you'd like to stick with the goalie you'd like to stick with your with your number one goalie if you can you know Scotty had talked about changing goalies you in your days with Montreal interestingly enough you you tried to change Ken Dryden once and and that was I think before the second game in the '79 uh, Stanley Cup final, you tried to throw Bunny LaRock in net for that game, but that one didn't work out. Is that the one where he got injured in the pregame warm-up? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were we we're fortunate. You know, uh, 
Bunny Little Rock had played uh, down the stretch quite a bit of games at home. I don't know the reason at the time, but he was just, I guess we were trying to maybe give him some work. And uh, he came in, uh, you know, he was really hot and uh, down the stretch. But when he went to the playoffs, of course, going to go back to Ken Dryden. And we uh, he got injured in the warm-up. I often see uh, Doug Rice, but every time I see him, I kind of... I gotta say to him, well, you kind of saved our bacon, you know. <laughs> he, he knocked because Dryden came in and won the next, uh, well, the next four games because we lost the first game That's four right. to one to the Rangers. They were pretty hot at the time uh, with John Davidson had been a had a terrific job for them. But no, Ken came in and uh, I don't know. We were just looking for some kind of a change, and it would have been odd because it was the first. I think it was the first game that Ken ever would have missed in the playoffs, but he didn't miss it, and uh, we. Uh, we prevailed, of course. It turned out pretty good, Scotty. I was I was uh, I was actually at MSG on on Thursday night watching the Washington mm-hmm. New York Ranger game, and, and and Alex Ovechkin is 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 probably doing whatever he can to win that series on his own. And I was just watching him play during during most of the game, and noticed that um, mm-hmm. the Rangers really weren't putting anybody on him, and. And and I remember in the old days in the NHL, you know, they used to throw shadows out there to shadow the uh, the best players. If I'm not mistaken, Lafleur always used to have Don Marcotte skating with him side yeah. by side, yeah. and uh, Bobby Hull used to have Claude Provo uh, follow him around. Has th- those days seem to have changed? You don't, I, I don't think you see that anymore. Is is there a reason why? Yeah, the games changed so much. Uh, the, the way the game is played. And, you know, hockey's different than most sports because if you look at other sports, baseball field really hasn't changed much. You know, the the, the, the pitcher's mounds is whatever it is, 60, 60 feet, 6 inches or something, the bases are. But hockey's changed a lot. And I think what happened now when they, when they, uh, when they changed the dimensions of the, of the rinks and they put them in, you know, like there used to be three 60-foot zones and then they and then they had ten feet behind each net for a two hundred foot rink. Now they still have a two hundred foot rink, but they took the the distance out of the six eight feet out of the neutral zone, put it in each four feet in each of the end zones, make them sixty four. And and then the other change that was made is is the uh, stretch pass with the when they took the center line out. Then you get you know you you get a lot of defensemen now. It's hard to. The shadow a player because they go all over the they go different wings and they go all the way up the ice. I mean they'll go up to the far blue line. If you notice some some teams they they always try to stretch past. And where we used to work to puck up the ice gradually between defense and and forwards, maybe defense to each other, then to a winger, and then up to the feed the centerman. That's all changed. It's all gone by the wayside. So it's pretty hard just to put one player. On another because they they don't they're not up and down the wings it's a totally different game so uh, but then the defense are so much part of the you know if you look at that Ranger uh, Washington I was watching the game yesterday and you see I mean I watch on television of course and you see uh, one team coming up the ice you see five guys right there you see the three forwards two defensemen right on their tail and uh, the same thing with Washington uh, you know the 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 key now in the NHL for me. Is the teams that um, have a little mobility on the back end? Uh, I even watch some kids' games. Uh, my grandson plays, and I watch them. And boy, when you get a, a young defenseman, or you get any NHL defenseman 
that can move, that can be mobile. They they take smaller guys. There's a lot of small defensemen in the league now, and the game has changed so much because of, uh, you know, the ability of, of the, it's a fast game now. It's much faster than when I was coaching, you know. Scotty, we interviewed mm-hmm. Dion Phaneuf earlier in the year, and uh, we mm-hmm. asked the question, what has changed the most in, uh, since he started in the NHL? Mm-hmm. And he said block shots. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, we find, I find that uh, Chicago is scoring goals, but most of the teams, it's very hard to score these days. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, well, you're right. Once again, I can refer to the extra four feet in the end zone. Excuse me. It's a big end zone. It's a big end zone now. The coaches, it's just when they took the interference away from the game, the defensemen can't can't really do a lot in front of their net like they used to tie players up. So what happens now is all five players become kind of shot blockers and they're in front of the net. And uh, it's a good tactic to to stop the other team. I mean, if you give up a little bit, you give it up at the point, and uh, that's why you get some goals. The only way you get goals in the points generally is a total screen or, or a redirect or, or a, a rebound. And uh, uh, that's a big change now is the, the shot blockers. It It is good defensively, but it's taken a lot of the offense away because when I first started coaching, the wingers used to play up. I mean, if you're a left winger, you'd play up near the right point man, way up there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when your team, you know, got the puck off the other club in its own end, you had a good head start on those other forwards. Uh, that's why we used to get some three-on-twos and two-on-ones. Uh, defense would pinch in, but you don't get as many of that right now because the the, the uh, players in the defensive zone are, away, are much closer to their own goal. And unless they have, a, say, exceptional speed, can take off on a dime, uh, it's hard to get that rush chance. And uh, I'm not sure of the 64 feet if it's had the effect I think everybody felt we need some offense. We'll put more more room in the offensive zone. And nobody calculated the fact that uh, all five players would be playing below the, 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 fa- the face-off, top of the face-off circle, and they'd be all blocking shots. That wasn't calculated into the move. And um, I'm not sure if they went back to the 360-feet zone, if, if the teams wouldn't move their wingers out a little bit, you know. Um, and and you may not that might be an effect that uh, I'd like to see it tried yeah. yeah because I I'm not sure now the reason we don't have a lot of goals in some games is that you don't get the rush chance that you got before uh, we're t- of course talking to Scotty Bowman Scotty we know that uh, you've got a busy schedule today and we won't keep you much longer just one one more sure. question Scotty um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Joel Quenville uh, has been a very successful coach for the Chicago Blackhawks, but uh, something I don't really feel that he gets uh, the the credit that he deserves as uh, you know one if one if not the top coach in the NHL. He's won a couple of cups. What's what's the uh, what's the strength of Joel Quenville, Quenville as a coach, and why is he successful? Well, you know, uh, he's been around a long time. He's um very, very adamant about matchups. Uh, that's a big part of his game, uh, especially at home. I mean, it's much more difficult on the road. But you know, when you and you when you're with a group of players like he, when he when Joel came in, it was there was uh, some real good young pieces that were just starting, and the core of the team was all signed. Uh, of course, not not even it's not easy now to keep players uh, because how big how big is the core? But they got a core of a half a dozen players 
that's been with the with the team now for for about seven years. Uh, Joel thinks now is in seventh or eighth season, and and the good part is the, the your core players when you have a when you have a real successful group of of core players, they kind of control a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's like you have a, you have an assistant coach who maybe has a different personality. I know when I was coaching, when I first started in Montreal, Claude Ruel had been a coach. He didn't like to be a head coach. He was more more a player's coach, and he was a very nice guy. He was a great teacher. And and I, I'm, I'm positive, you know, the late Claude Ruel, he passed away this year, unfortunately, but he put out a lot of fires for, for me as a head coach. And I think what happens now is the core of the team, when you get a nice core, you see it with Anaheim, you know, guys like Getzlaff and Perry and they get Boschman now. Uh, every team has a core of players that, you know, they, they and Rangers and Washington are the same. You know, your top players, they can really help the coach. And uh, Because Joel, Joel's not a, a coach that confronts. He's not a real uh, disciplinarian that really hounds the players. He lets them find their level. And uh, I think the two biggest assets he has, he's got an awful great ability to know when to uh, push players in practice or or he doesn't leave anything on the There's some coaches that just continually hound players in practice and they wear them down. It's a tough season now, 82 games and if you win if you win in the playoffs it's another probably 20 25 games. So it's the two elements that I've noticed he, he puts the right players on the ice at the right time which is a big key and also his his ability to to give days off at the right time especially in the playoffs. But most most of the coaches that are running the teams now when you're down to eight teams, they got a pretty good, uh, you know, uh, on the pulse of the players. They, they got a good temperature. They know, you know when to, to really, you know, you, you can't really do a lot in practice. Scotty, we've been talking with Scotty Bowman. Scotty, we really want to thank you for joining us again on a Sunday morning. And uh, we thank you. we wish the Chicago Blackhawks and yourself uh, all the best during the playoffs. Uh, thanks okay, again. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Thanks for joining Scott. us, Scotty. That, of course, was the legendary Hall of Fame coach, Scotty Bowman, who is still the senior advisor of hockey operations for the Chicago Blackhawks. Just before we go to break, I just want to remind our listeners to give us a call. We'll be taking your calls after the break at 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Give us a call. The Scruples $100 gift card. Copan is still up for grabs. It's Mother's Day next Sunday. Guys, get your pulse on the fing get your finger on the on the phone and give us a call. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage. Pound 3636. Salad at the... Uh, someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Woodbridge. 
At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're in the home stretch, as they call it, Naz. We've got 10 minutes left and uh, we will, of course, take your calls at 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We have Kevin from Buffalo. Kevin, what's good morning, first of all, and what's on your mind today? Good morning, gentlemen, on this uh, beautiful May spring Sunday. Weather looks finally it's improving, but had a call. It was so nice to hear Scotty Bowman. And, gentlemen, those were the great days here in Buffalo because he did coach here you know, for the Sabres. And I tell you, what a great career the, the man had. And... I won't hold up other callers, but Mr. Bowman's old team this past week, Montreal against Tampa, uh, the referees really blew a call in that game one. There was an offsides that Tampa had, um, and obviously, and I don't know if you gentlemen heard Montreal's coach, but he was excellent on the review on the call, and in closing, like, it's a shame, and I know calls get missed, but like on replay, if there could have been like some breakdown on that call, because in closing, 
that could come back and haunt Montreal and would be a shame to like lose that a series on a call right at the blue line. Yeah, I find it. Thanks, uh, Kevin. I find uh, video replay, and, and in that case, it was definitely offside. It looked like it was two strides offside. But it's, it can be so close, the calling the offside. It, it's, I think video replay would be very difficult to do. Um, you know, I mean, there's always – I mean, I didn't see that particular sort of – I watched the game, but I missed uh, – Yeah, I he, was, he was two strides up. offside. Two offside. Was, I, yeah, I, I, was, I, I heard the reports. He was actually he was a little bit closer than that. But you know what? Yeah. Refs' mistakes sometimes are part of the game. You got to, you know, it is what it is. You know, yeah, over, over a series, over time, they tend to even out. Unfortunately, they hit at the wrong time. And uh, Toronto Maple Leaf fans still haven't gotten over 1993 and Kerry Fraser. And uh, you know, these things will always, always come up in discussions. But referees are referees. They're human beings. Sometimes they make mistakes, and if they make a mistake against your team, you hate them, and if they make a mistake in favor of your team, it's not the yeah, end of the for world. for sure. Anyways, we've got Mike from Hamilton on the line. Mike, uh, what's on your mind this morning, and good morning to you. Good morning to you guys. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, I, I have a question for you, Naz and Wally. Sure. Basically, what it comes down to is, how, is Mike Babcock, I know he's been in the Stanley Cup Finals twice, He's won once in 2008. Oh, I think he's been in the... Was he at the Stanley Cup Finals with Anaheim? Anaheim also. Yeah, yeah. Three, three, oh, three times. 2003. Yeah, yeah I okay, believe so. Sorry, I, my apologies. Yeah. I, I just wanted to ask you, don't you, you think he's a bit overrated? Very good question. I'll, I'll let you take a stab at that one first, Ness. No, he's not overrated, and I'll tell you why. He is so prepared. Uh, Nicholas Cromwell, during the Olympics last year, was asked about Mike Babcock and his coaching. He said that he's the most prepared coach of any coach he's ever been coached by. And that's a lot of guys that Cromwell has been coached by in Sweden and in the NHL. He wins when he, uh, he's the coach. And what, what else can you say? I mean, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's in the top one, two in the NHL. Yeah, I, I, I'll echo your comments, uh, Naz. I, uh, I don't think he's overrated. Uh, no question. I, I I think he's produced some some pretty good results with some teams that are you know once you get past Datsuk, once you get past Zetterberg, once you get past Cronwell. I'm not even sure Cronwell's an elite NHL defenseman. Pretty good. He's pretty a good, good NHL defenseman. I'm not sure he's in the top. He's probably in that eighth to tenth category in terms of top. So. I think Babcock has produced some pretty good results with some less than stellar talent. I mean, he's got. I mean, Datsuk's one of the best players in the world. There's no question. So is Zetterberg, but w- once you get into their into their second, third, and fourth lines, I mean, they, they, you know, they've got those guys that keep bringing up from Grand. Is it Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids, the, the team yeah. that's playing the Marlies right now. Yeah, uh, they won it two years ago. Grand right. Rapids. They so they keep, the they, they keep bringing these kids up, and you know, they're. I don't think they have elite NHL talent once you get past their top three. Um, so I, I think Babcock is doing as well as he can with a lineup. And then, you know what, see what he did, what he's done with Team Canada in the Olympics. Yeah. You know, exactly. uh, you know, in the last Olympics, basically Canada, I mean, had some great talent, but, you know, he made guys play uh, a team game. He took this collection of superstars and turned them into a real team. He really did. And... Uh, and in 2010, you know, you know, they won that one too. So you got to, I think, I don't, yeah, I think you got to give Babcock credit. credit. Now let's talk about now. So we we're talking about Babcock uh, leads us into Leafs GM, Leafs coach, 
the Shanna plan. Uh, haven't heard much since uh, uh, since Bloody Sunday a couple of weeks back. Uh, what's going on in Leafland, Ness? I'm not sure what's going on <laughs> in Leafland. Uh, I, I wrote something the other day concerning uh, Mike Thuda as general manager. I think he's probably in the hunt for that. And uh, I have an interesting coach, uh, John Stevens from the LA Kings. He's an assistant coach. Uh, he's coaching the NHL for about five years. Well, most notably a, in Philadelphia. In right? Philadelphia, that's yeah. right. And uh, his record, other than the first year he was there, he was 20 games under 500. But his overall record is like a 530 percentage. And if you throw that one season out, pretty successful uh, coaching job with Philly. I, I Sorry. No, uh, and he's, what, what I'm saying is there's continuity between Mike Fuda and John Stevens because both of them come from L.A., so that would be a perfect fit for what the Leafs want to do in the draft, and and there's a familiarity with the GM, the new GM, and the coach. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to take a different I'm going to take a different approach on on the Leafs uh, uh, GM coach. I, I think Mike Food would be a great general manager uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have to believe that you know he's at the if he's not at the top of the list, he's pretty close to it. Yeah. I think Babcock in his post-game uh, comments basically took himself out of the mix as a general manager. He, you yeah, know, he says he didn't he, want to do he it. He says he doesn't want to do it. It's not his skill set. So, you know, you know, we talked about the the the, the betting odds. The betting odds had Mike Babcock Babcock number 1 and Mike Fuda number 2 on 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 Bodog, I believe. So Mike Fuda's now according to the people who put money down and laying the odds, he's the favorite to be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, of course, he's a Toronto boy. We've had him on the show twice, talked to him twice. I think he'd be a great general manager. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not sold on John Stevens. I'll be quite frank with you, Nez. Um, good coach. I, I, think, I think if the Leafs want to inspire the fan base, MLSE, if we want to inspire the fan base, they've got to make, they've got to bring in somebody with a you know be careful with with a reputation somebody who's going to create a buzz just like Rex Ryan with the Buffalo Bills you know the Buffalo Bills sound uh, you know uh, they signed Rex Ryan everybody's talking football in Buffalo but, but the Buffalo right? Bills were ready to go into the playoffs they had a yeah. team so they brought Rex so Ryan the Leafs I, are nowhere I, I, near I want to see the Leafs hire I want to see them hire a big name coach I really do I want to see somebody who can handle the media somebody who's got a reputation. Uh, and I love this. Did uh, has Edmonton picked their coach yet? Not yet. No. Is McClellan still in the mix? The, McClellan's in the mix. And I mean, I'd love to see Todd. I'd love to see Todd McClellan here as the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think. I think he's. I think yeah, he's a really happen. good coach. Might happen. So a Fuda McClellan combination. I think. I think in Toronto that would be dynamite. If we get uh, Dylan. I mean, uh, if we get Dylan Strom and we on the twenty second, the Na- we got the Nashville pick, right? 22, we get somebody good there. I think Dylan Strom's going to Arizona, though. Yeah. They're going to take him Seems like I... it. So, that, uh, what's so that? they're going to get the defenseman. We're getting Hannafin? Yeah. Hannafin and... Uh, he's we're not, major we're not... league ready, though. Yeah, we're not going like, yeah. He's like Ekblad. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, I, I, I want to see, see them bring in, uh, and then, you know, there's a few other guys that are probably going to get fired uh, between now and, and the end of the playoffs. It's, uh, you know, Hitchcock, you see him as a, as a no, lead coach? No, never. Never? He's not going to last not there. Not uh, we got Stevens, we got McClellan. Who else is in the mix, Leafs coach? Well, there'd be. Uh, it depends. The, uh, the eight teams remaining, there might be somebody there. Claude Julien is uh, not safe in Boston. Yeah, I, you know they uh, have. Uh, I'm surprised that they have. Uh, I think I think Babcock is uh, going to Pittsburgh though. That's Pittsburgh. I think. I think him and Crosby. I think that's where he's going to end up. Is that the connection? Up. 
I think it, I think he's going to Pittsburgh. Anyway, so in the short period of time, you've been watching. I've been. Have you been over? I've been overdosing on the uh, NHL playoffs. Uh, seems uh, there's a game every 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 five minutes, and uh, the the I, I just just the game I choose is whichever one Bob Cole's announcing after yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Bob Cole and Chris Cuthbert, but apparently uh, Cuthbert's been cut from the second round. So Bob Cole's doing the Blackhawk Minnesota Wild series. Anyways, it's been. Uh, it's been a rush today. We've had a lot to plow through, and uh, we'll be back again. Uh, have a fantastic week, Naz. Everybody loves Saturday in sports, don't <laughs> Everybody they? Everybody loves Saturday in sports. The producers tell me to get off the air. So we'll wish our listeners a fantastic week, and we'll be back again. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour next Sunday morning, live at 9 a.m. Have a great week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.